0: Hello girls and gays, I'm Malavika. And I'm Prontil, and you're listening to Brown Sugar. Okay now ladies, yeah. if you know you babe, yeah. don't need no man, your dance, your you're not good, not so What the f***
1: though, Damn. where the love go? Welcome to our coming out episode of Brown Sugar, and of course, happy Pride Month to all of our listeners.
0: On that note, I have something that's been on my mind lately um, that I sort of wanted to just ask you and tell you about. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I have heard a lot of people recently questioning their sexuality um, you know like I feel like I definitely have had a lot of moments like that too and another thing I want to note is that I am the only straight friend literally all of my friends are queer that is incredible
1: I think that that's like that's a great thing if queer people trust you and love you and <laughs> oh, I, so I nice. want to say thank you for still being straight because now like you can be my token straight friend like no one has ever <laughs> accused me of heterophobia at like like You are my defense (laughs) against that. And I'm happy to take up that space. It's an honor. (laughs) But like what you're saying does not sound uncommon at all. I've actually had a lot of people come to me questioning their sexuality over the pandemic, like old friends that I've known since I was a kid, new friends. I've had this exact conversation with so many of my brown female friends. And I don't know if it's just like a product of the pandemic, giving us Mm -hmm. a lot of time to sit and reflect and question ourselves. I don't know if it's just that people have gotten a break from seeing men all the time. And that's like some, some epiphanies. But this is definitely like a time for people to be thinking about queerness.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I gotta ask you, like how, how do you know? How do you know um, what your you know, sexual orientation is? How do you confirm that even?
1: Yeah, that is such a good question. It's definitely not an exact science. I think that like the unscientificness of it, the randomness, the ambiguity, like the surprise and the journey of it is honestly one of like the most interesting parts of the queer experience. So mm-hmm. I guess I can speak from my experience of how I knew I was queer. So yeah. Um- I had crushes on women my entire life, but I didn't really properly identify them as a kid. Like, I remember that when I had crushes on men growing up, even as young as like fourth or fifth grade, like I would be very clear, at least to myself, that like, I like this boy, I'm going to try to impress this boy um, and so on. But like my attractions to women, I think I often used to justify to myself. as like, I just think she's really pretty or she's like really cool. Like to me, like attraction and admiration used to kind of be like a bit of a sliding scale. And when I got older, I remember in middle school, like I found myself very fascinated by the concept of queerness. Like I would like be really interested when like celebrities and like YouTubers I followed came out as like bisexual or lesbian or whatever. And I found myself so fascinated by it, even though I wasn't fully sure why. Um, I, I was having like full-on crushes on like actresses at this point um, and, and still couldn't identify it just because I think compulsive heteronormativity is so strong. But um, I had my first, like, full-blown crush on, like, an actual, like, in-person, like, dear friend of mine in my sophomore year of high school. And, like, at that point, it was over. Like, I knew that, like, some- something is going on here. Like, I definitely wasn't straight because mm-hmm, I was feeling mm-hmm. something very deep and very beautiful for her. So um, that was kind of my journey. And I think from there, I've been growing, exploring, expanding in my sexuality. Um, I personally use the label queer just because, like, I want to give myself, like, room to, like... Be attracted to a lot of people to a lot of things, not kind of pin myself down. And I also personally believe that queerness is not just about who you're attracted to and like putting a pin on that, but also just about the experience of being like alternative, of like whose gaze you're thinking about. Of oh, just kind of wanting to exist outside of like a certain like patriarchy. Yeah. So, sounds like,
0: um, to for your, you know, how you know moment, you had to unlearn a lot of heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. I'm curious,
1: how, how did you, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, I think that for me unlearning heteronormativity was really hard as it is for a lot of people because we grow up seeing a certain narrative from a young age of like what love looks like you know I mean and that narrative first of all is already pretty exclusive of brown people like aside from like like Bollywood and that picture of romance but Mm. um I think honestly it just took time it took like being able to see alternatives by like reading a lot of queer books watching a lot of shows with queer characters um being able to come to college and see and meet with a lot of queer people and exchange yeah I honestly have not really met that many queer adults yet which is a deficiency I really feel in my life like I want a queer upcast so bad like someone Mm -hmm. to kind of like show me what it could look like a couple years down the road I think that um of heteronormativity to overcome it requires really just an expanding of your imagination
0: yeah wow no definitely
1: I mean I I'm thinking about the time that my best
0: friend um came out to me mm-hmm. um and this was like our senior year of high school and you know I was fully 17 and up until then I did not know any other queer person before then it always felt like such a concept that I would only see in media um mm-hmm. or in books and stuff so I I mean I completely hear you and um you know, can imagine how much that must affect your own experience too.
1: For sure. And also props to your friend. Like, it is hard to be the first person to come out. I'm so grateful that I was not. Um, one of my dearest friends in high school actually came out exactly three seconds before I did. So we came out to <laughs> So in that experience, I was not alone. And honestly, like my entire journey with queerness has been shaped by friendship and solidarity with South Asian women. So like literally like, recording this podcast with you right now, it just feels like part of that same journey.
0: I'm so happy and so honored. I'm like giving you a virtual hug right now. <laughs> I
1: love you, Frenjil.
0: Love you too. Um, I want to sort of get us uh, to uh, talking about like the other questions that um, users submitted because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different variety in those two um the first one that someone asked was their advice for coming out um and I know this is a little bit of like a you know varied subject and a touchy mm-hmm. subject too um but i 'd love us to just like hear your um viewpoint and your
1: thoughts yeah um coming out is definitely like like a big. that like a lot of queer young people are talking about. I definitely, you're right. Like a lot of our users, y'all did submit questions to us about like, how do you know when to come out? How do you come out safely? Um, First of all, my viewpoint, and this is my viewpoint alone, is that I personally think coming out is not always necessary. Um I think that it can be a beautiful moment of self-recognition to come out publicly but I also think that's a lot of pressure on queer people. I remember that when I was in high school and I was thinking about queerness like it was like weighing on my mind like the moment like when would I come out? Like I had kind of convinced myself that if I didn't come out I would be quote-unquote like living a lie. And like I think to expect teenagers to expect minors to make like a public declaration of their sexuality including and potentially especially to people who might not be supportive is kind of messed up like we don't ask straight people to come out and for that reason I would never I would want to tell queer people that first of all you don't have to come out publicly if you don't want to um but that being said like I did come out to my friends um my sister people who are very dear to me Um, I kind of kept it on the DL in high school because, like, kids are assholes there. Um, I also grew up in suburban Central Florida, which, like, was not always, like, the most inviting community for queer people at the time. But um, going to college was the first time that I could come out, like, easily and normally. Like, it was, like, the simplest thing in the world. Like, I didn't even think about it at that point because, like, in college, most of my friends were queer I kind of took it upon myself to build a very queer alternative lifestyle that fulfills me. So I think that sometimes coming out as queer can just, can just mean like, just building a queer life for yourself, like just making, making friends, telling the people around you who you love, but I have chosen, I guess, to come out as queer on social media. Um, There wasn't Mm -hmm. like a big like fanfare or like announcement. I just chose to start talking about it like kind of because I think that I have a platform and I want to use it to uplift other South Asian queer youth. So for me, I'm kind of doing it less for myself and more out of like a sense of like responsibility and also joy. But um, I didn't think too much about it before I came out, which was like surprising. Cause I remember in high school, like I was like obsessed over like what I would post um, but yeah, I don't really know if it surprised anyone. Like, was it like a surprise to you, Pranjal? Like, <laughs> um,
0: honestly, I like I like you were saying, because you didn't make like a big fanfare or anything out
1: of it. It just felt very like, like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? yeah yeah I just I wish that kind of normalcy and just like chillness like for all queer people like I don't think that coming out needs to be necessarily a traumatic and climactic experience unless you like want to make a grand entrance in which case like all power to you
0: yeah no very very beautiful
1: I've, I I, think
0: this like it, it's nice to have um you speak on this like this like the variety and the variableness of even what a coming out experience can look like um because i think like it might it might just take off some pressure from some people um and i also heard you kind of uh allude to the idea that like you don't have to come out in a specific space if you don't feel like, you know, safe about it. Um, especially I think for like our young listeners, I I, I also want to emphasize that like high school is not always the best space. Um, and high school might not feel like the the place that will accept you. Um, but in college you have a lot of like freedom to create, like you did Malavika the world that Mm -hmm. you want and the people that you want to surround yourself with. So, um, I know like, maybe if you don't feel safe coming out right now, um, that doesn't mean you will never and that you can't ever. Um, so, yeah, I'm really thankful f- to you for sharing that.
1: For sure. Like, I think if there's anything that I've learned to be true about queerness is that it just it always gets better with time. Beautiful. Um, I want to talk about the intersection
0: of, you know, South Asian-ness and queerness um, and what it's like to experience both at the same time.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think like the South Asian queer experience is very specific and very different because we experience racialization on top of sexualization. This is something I thought about a lot. So I actually have a theory that like a lot of South Asian women growing up in America in the diaspora often kind of have to exist outside the male gaze, even the streets. By which I mean like a lot of like brown girls growing up are not viewed as desirable often in heterosexual Definitely. Whereas, like white girls are getting kind of asked out going on dates getting like hyped up basically starting in middle school like a lot of brown girls i know don't have their first dates like straight or otherwise until like late high school late teens like or college definitely yeah so i think there's that racialization aspect that a lot of like brown women honestly do not really exist in heterosexual imaginations even like if they're straight like, I'm thinking about the fact that, like, when I was, like, growing up for a while, like, I don't think people ever really called me pretty. It was always, like, smart. Yeah. Smart was always the compliment for brown girls. And that used to, like, press me, honestly. Like, why can, why can that aspect of me not be seen before the fact that like I'm like kicking your ass on the SAT you know and like I remember I was not really asked out by men or like had them express interest in me unless they were like harassing me or being creepy like I literally had a boy like stalk me before anyone asked me to a dance yeah
0: Um, I I, this is totally like the hill I will die on I think South Asian women are hyper desexualized um Mm -hmm. and I think we're yeah like you were saying are we're, we're only seen as smart and stuff before we're seen as um desirable or, or, or attractive um I know I personally did not even know that I could exist in spaces as you know someone that's like attractive and someone that can you know engage in like romantic interactions until my senior year of high school
1: yeah no that makes a lot of sense and I mean it's shitty but like I honestly think that in a way like that's kind of analogous to the queer experience Like so the fact that I didn't really exist in the male gaze growing up meant that like it was kind of shocking that once I got to college, I realized that I was not desirable to queer people. Like men slept on me, but I realized that queer people and especially queer people of color were finding me attractive. Like did you know that expression like that white people use, like I might be a four in California, but in the men's best I'm a 10, like you know that expression. Yeah. yeah. I actually think for people of color and especially queer people of color, it's like the opposite. Like when we go to diverse and more progressive places with more people who look like us, we start like appreciating and value. Like growing Definitely. up in Florida, I never felt attractive. But like when I moved to San Francisco or now to New York, like I do. So I, I think that is kind of part of it, like that intersection of South Asianness and queerness is based on the environment you're in. But I would also say that another big part of that was like learning to love myself was a huge part of my queer coming of age. Because like yeah. I knew that I was queer and interested in other women. I started to learn to like view myself from the queer female gaze, you know? So mm-hmm. I started noticing things that women find attractive. So things like fashion, like the way that someone's energy or aura could be, like their kindness, like the way they carry themselves. Like Those are traits that women pick up in one another that men maybe don't. And it's not like I am above being attracted to like shallow, like physical features, like body and face and whatnot, except I feel like I personally view women's bodies more like works of art. And I'm like, not at all beautiful by things like body hair and body fat. Like, in fact, like I find those things really beautiful too. And I think honestly, one of the best character growth of my twenties was starting to find South Asian women attractive. Yes. I never did growing up. And I honestly think it's just because I didn't think I was hot, but like now that I'm hot, like there's no reason why my friends aren't hot. why other South Asian women can't be hot to me too. And that's been a really wonderful journey. Yeah, I was just going to say, Malavika, I, I really think that you finding other
0: South Asian women attractive is definitely going to say something is saying something about your own self-esteem and self-love. Um, But I, I I mean, this is I have a question, too, Um, and I don't know how else to explain it. So I'm going to an- analogize it with my <laughs> own experience. But um, mm-hmm. OK, like, you know, sometimes when you're wearing like coke clothes and you walk by like a, like a South Asian family and you feel that like 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 embarrassment and mm-hmm. like secondhand shame, even though they're not related to you or anything like that. Um, I call it like South Asian morality. Um, do you ever feel that uh, towards yourself, especially, you know, considering that like for right now, at least in a lot of South Asia, um, homosexuality is so uh, criminalized and uh, frowned upon?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that I have one of the big privileges of growing up in the US is that even though like people are homophobic and shit here, like I don't have that existential fear, like I have that privilege. I guess I don't, I don't see that for myself. Like of course like I like am like I will melt in public if like a South, if South Asian families like see me outside. Like this is irrational, but I'm like convinced they're all part of like the secret Indian mafia and they're going to like tell <laughs> me. But um I don't know. I guess that that thing that I think I keep coming back to is that being queer forces you to view yourself in new ways. So being queer has forced me to view myself in a way that's very sex positive and very accommodating. So I, I personally Beautiful. don't have a morality gaze when it comes to myself.
0: Love that. That's so amazing. Um, I want to also um, understand a little bit about uh, your thoughts about being a minority, um, even within the queer community, right? Because so much of queer representation is so dominated um, by white people.
1: Um, so I'd love to hear about that yeah this one is huge, and this was definitely a question that I saw a lot of our listeners asking is like, how do you exist as a brown South Asian person when everybody else, it seems in the community is like white? Um, yeah, yeah, so I think it's a big problem. Something that I'm still struggling with at like my ripe age of 20 is like a lack of role models. So like I feel like I don't have people who can model for me what it means to be like a happy queer South Asian American grown- up. Um, which sucks, and I I think that the generation of role models is going to have to be us. Like it's going to be like the Gen Z queer women Definitely. who are going to grow up and have to be our own role models, our own big sisters. Yeah. A big part of queerness is honestly being your own cheerleader, your own coach, your own parent. Um, we're yeah. still rising up, but like I'm grateful to the few people who do already exist. Like I'm thinking about like they are incredible, but like the influencer couple, Anjuli and Sufi on Instagram. Yes. I love them both. I think that they're a great example of people who make me feel like, like queerness is something beautiful and accessible to me. I'm grateful to like the few like South Asian American, like queer writers I follow on Twitter. Like I can count them on one hand. Like it's not great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that being a minority within the queer community is hard. I don't always feel represented or included by white queer people. Yeah. Like, I notice that like I don't know if it's just due to like what white people's culture is like or also just like statistics, but like when I was younger I feel like it's always like the white gay women who come out first. Like, they are the Mm -hmm. ones who are, like, being the loudest, even on, like, gay TikTok, like, with all of their, like, trends about, like, iced oat milk and, like, like girl in red. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, I get kind of annoyed by the way that white women have kind of, like, swallowed up the entire queer aesthetic to make it all about, like, girl in red and cottagecore and Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift. Right. All these like, Mm -hmm. soft and, like, kind of desexualized, like views of like sapphicness, where I was like I'm like wait where are the the queer women of color where is the spice like where is the fire yeah I'm really grateful honestly I think I get a lot of imagination and a lot of the women I look up to tend to be like Black and brown Queer people Like they are like The OG Like creators of pride The ones who have been Creating yes. culture And fighting for so long And I'm really grateful To especially Yeah especially Black queer people For like for Lifting all of us up With them I don't know if it's just Like a queer coming of age Thing that a lot of Like queer women Of color have to have Their first relationships With white people Because they're the only ones Who are out But like yeah. they can have The same struggles As sometimes straight Relationships with white people When it comes to like The cultural difference Like the power imbalance So yeah so that's hard I think in college my friends are like majority queer women of color so that has helped me find a lot of community but like I think we're all coming up together in a lot of ways we are charting our own paths we are figuring out what it means to be first generation and queer in a space that no one else has walked before yeah um the space ahead of us might feel empty, but at least when I look to my left and right, like the people who are coming up with me, like I know they're there. So in that way, I don't feel that alone. Beautiful. Uh, I want to
0: explore a little bit more about what you were saying, where it was like, um, you know, queer relationships with white people um, don't really have the same struggles as those with like POC. Um, I was, you know, just from like my best friend and other queer people that I've heard from, um, uh, I've I've heard a lot of times that, uh, you know, queer people of color, especially sometimes feel like, uh, like white, uh, queer people, white people, white, oh my God, white queer people, um, try to sort of like relate or equate like their own, like coming out experiences with like, uh, you know, other sort of cultural experience, sort of like trauma Olympics. Um, (laughs) I'm wondering if you've ever felt that, what your experience has been with that.
1: Yeah, that is annoying as hell. Like, I, I know what you mean. I think that like, I'm thinking about like the way that like, a lot of white queer people act on the internet, like I think that white queer people tend to be the ones who are the most concerned with like policing of queer discourse. Like. Like it's white queer people on the internet who are the ones who are most pressed about who can say which slur. I I know that a lot of people, the internet is the only place we can explore queerness. And like, I have also due to the pandemic spent a lot of time in the queer internet, but also like, I want to remind people that in like real life, like we are also all humans and we're like also a lot nicer to each other. And like, if you really want to understand like what it means to be a queer person, you need to, you need to talk to actual people. So yeah, I would, I would say that like sometimes like I think that queer white, people occupy disproportionate sometimes like annoying place on the internet but like I think was making like IRL or even online friendships with just other down-to-earth queer people of color is probably the best way to deal with that
0: yeah completely hear you um I was wondering uh if you had any advice for other you know young South Asian girls who are grappling with their sexuality
1: I would say two things so first thing is take your time like Don't compare yourself to others paces like I think that's something I struggled with going to like a predominantly white high school was like I felt bad that I felt like other people were like having experiences having their first kisses dates and so on. And I was still trying to figure out if I even like liked men, you know. So I would say, yeah. to me, it has also kind of feels like a second puberty. Like, it's a whole second coming of age, a whole new experience of learning to love your body and, like, and know how to, like, even something as simple as, like, flirt, how to, like, hit on someone, like, what to do on a date. Um, mm-hmm. And as a second puberty, I can say it's so much easier the second time around. I'm actually grateful that, like, I'm getting to have many of my formative experiences at a slightly older age, so, like, college versus high school, because I'm, yeah. like, I'm better now. Like I'm slicker now. Like I can actually like appreciate them more. Um, Definitely. I've heard like like something said on the internet that like for queer people like your twenties are like are your teens or even like your like thirties are the new twenties and like I think that's true and I think that's fine. And the second thing I would say is that if you want to figure out whether you're queer, and this is something that I've heard a lot of people say is like oh like I think I might be attracted to women. I don't really know. Like I can only ever imagine myself marrying a man. I would say just consume a lot of media content. Like TikTok, like it has its problems, but TikTok is also like a really good place to kind of know more about queerness because like you'll see like older, like queer people like giving advice. I, I love those people on TikTok, like the older ones who like give advice on like, how to date. Like, for example, like, I learned from TikTok that when you flirt with a girl, you're supposed to you do compliments in your lower register as opposed to, like, your higher register, which is what I, the mistake I keep doing all the time. Or, for example, the mistake, like, if you're trying to flirt with someone, never call them girl, which I'm so prone to doing. <laughs> also, like, read queer books. Like, queer young adult literature is popping off. Like, there are so many good books and, honestly, some queer South Asian books, too. Um, and I would say, the more you get to like imagine and accustom your mind to seeing queer realities, um, the more likely you are to to get a better sense of who you are. So I would say like expand your imagination and see if queerness grows in the new spaces. Because I think for me that was the case. And I guess like one other thing is that Mm -hmm. I think for me being queer forced me to learn how to love myself before I could be permitted to love other people. And I think that to me is the biggest blessing. I think that for queer brown women, like our, our greatest super strength is our ability to care for ourselves, to know ourselves, to hold ourselves down literally when it feels like everyone, like men, white people, the community like are against us. And I think like that's right. probably the most important thing.
0: So, so beautiful. I want to echo something that you said earlier, too, um, where you were talking about how you prefer to go by the label queer. Um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's more space to it and there's more, um, you know, like culture and community surrounding it too. You know, especially just speaking from my experience when I was, I felt this strong desire to be like, you know, I am, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but I think, you know, following you as a role model, Malavika, um, I think (laughs) embracing this like label of queer, even, I don't even want to call it a label, but I think will enable more space and just more, I guess, uh, like relaxation and time to explore.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like words are just words, like your experience is yours alone. Um, yeah. I, I do think that like the, the impulse to like, to label, to like stick to the rules is honestly like antithetical to what it means to be queer. Cause queer is all about like breaking boundaries and being unconventional. Right. So, like, I, I personally feel no need to have a clear cut label. Amazing. Okay. Last question.
0: Um, what are some things you wish you knew about coming out as queer that you didn't know before?
1: Yes, for sure. This is a great question. And I think that the biggest thing I learned, and this has been like a game changer for me to realize in my 20s that I didn't know when I was younger, is that the defining queer experience is not oppression, but possibility. So but by which I mean like, I think that like, when we think about queerness, especially when you're young, and it's hard, and it's confusing, you think that being queer is about like, is about the being marginalized, about the pressure to come out, about being different, about being a minority. And like, especially in the white imagination, I think there's this impulse to categorize queerness as like a label of oppression. So for example, on TikTok, there's the whole drama that white people do around slur discourse. Like it was actually kind of crazy that like, like white people were making TikToks like, oh, like when you were straight at the start of the pandemic, but now you can use four slurs. Like, as if, like, the whole point of queerness is to, like, be invited into this, like, trauma club and, like, unlocking new slurs to use. Or they'll say things like, oh, like, I'm banned in, like, 48 countries or whatever, which I think is pretty disrespectful to, like, people who actually, like, queer people who actually, like, live there and don't have a choice about it. Um, But, like, and I think that, yes, it's true that being queer is hard like you will face marginalization like you will have to deal with shitty conversations i think that different levels of privilege can sometimes insulate you from different parts of the queer experience for example like my experience as a queer woman who will be graduating with an elite college degree who will probably only ever live in liberal cities um will not be the same as for example like a poor person in the rural south or like a black trans person for example But like, yeah, yeah, I think oppression is an inescapable reality, but it is not the defining aspect of the queer experience. I think instead, the queer experience is all about possibility. So I think the best part of being queer for me is that it makes me, it forces me to be unconventional, right? And that leaks into like all aspects of my life. Like it gives me like the necessary courage I need to be bold and authentic. Like I in my head kind of make a link between being queer and being creative, for example, Mm-hmm. It's like being queer requires so much imagination, like on the daily that like, of course, I have some leftover imagination to use to like write, with, <laughs> you know, Um, I think also like, because I'm not accepting the path that's given to me of like straightness or whatever, that also gives me the courage to demand more and more, like to keep questioning, like, is this the best that things can be? Like, is it possible for me to take things into my own hands and make them into things that work better? And also, I just want to say that like queer people of color and are just the greatest, like most fun, like most (laughs) people ever. And being part of that community is like the greatest blessing. Like, I think that we are the face of culture. We are like, we are the future, like whether or not we're going to get credit for it. And I think that being part of that is just like the coolest experience ever.
0: Oh my God. Not me fully
1: tearing up
0: I'm crying right now. This is the most beautiful thing. I am so thankful to you and just, you know, like the greater queer community. Um, and I want to thank you so much Milavika, for being so open about your experiences too. And I want to highlight two things that really, really stuck with me. And I think, you know, even as just like an ally or whoever is listening, um, I think you can carry this with you. Um, and I quote, the first thing you said was being queer forced me to learn how to love myself before I could be permitted to love other people. Um, That is beautiful. And I think that is something that is hidden, especially from, you know, like the straight consciousness. So thank you for bringing that out and thank you for um, showing how much love really exists in this queer, in the queer community. Um, And the second thing, which you were just talking about was like the defining queer experience is possibility, not oppression. Um, I, i i literally so beautiful i think it's so important that everyone know and remember that um and and understand that that that's why so many of our you know uh, trailblazers have been queer um mm-hmm. you know women have been uh people that are that are breaking boundaries and uh, you know shaking stereotypes because they have done that work themselves first um and like you were saying have radical imagination to be able to do that um so yeah, thank you. Thank you for existing. Thank you for all you do. Um, thank you and much. thank you to the larger queer community too.
1: Yes, and thank you so much to our listeners. As a little treat for the baby girls and gays, we asked our friends to send in audio messages that they wish they could send to their younger selves. So have a listen and try your best not to cry. Yeah, I like my girls brown with some spice in it. Can't money it with the ice in it. If she wanted that bad, then she might.
0: I yeah, might act up now she want to go to fight me But yeah, a fan on Instagram trying oh, to type okay. me Brown skin little Asian got me running out of patience Persuasion she hot like Satan I'm trying to taste it Amazing she keep it real never wants to fake shit We don't talk to police on no conversation with bacon. Shorty, bad hand poses for the picture Special killer, she
1: can do but love the mixture Showing skin and I love the way it fits ya Girl I'm trying to meet your dad set up the wrist up. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sub. I identify as bisexual. And one
0: thing that I know now is that I don't need to exist within the confines of what other people think I should act, look, and behave within my identity to be deserving and worthy of love. And what I know now is that The happiest that I can be, and the happiest I've ever been, is by being myself entirely, wholly, and unapologetically.
1: Hi everybody, my name is Ishan. I identify as queer. And one piece of advice that I would have, um, relating to just sexuality and something I wish I knew before starting my journey, um, is that it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay, um to need time to really figure out who you are. And also it's okay not to have a label because labels are what other people use for you, not necessarily a reflection or the best thing for yourself. So just kind of keep that in mind and just be open to possibilities and be open to exploring who you are. I'm Anu, I'm queer and something I now know is self-acceptance and self-confidence comes from the rejection of outward perceptions about yourself. Hi, my name is Sojas Wagle, I identify as gay, and something I'd like to tell my younger queer self is, To trust that there is so much joy always lingering around the corner, even when you can't see it, even when you're in a depressive rut and those negative feelings may feel all consuming and that you have the power and resilience already within you inherited from those same parents who had the gall to travel halfway around the world to give you a better life. So knowing your roots only makes you stronger happy pride month girls and gays i know our month might be ending but we are all just getting started as always i'm malavika
0: and i'm franjal and this is brown sugar <laughs> Brown Monday Out gate trap with beat us, her